Hey, it is Friday, Good Friday. Uh, today, of course, is the sixth day of Holy Week, and we have been reflecting all week uh, on the things that Jesus did during the last week of his public life and ministry before his death and resurrection. On the Thursday, Jesus prayed in the garden late into the night after his Last Supper, and then he was arrested by the temple guards. That was illegal, by the way. You weren't supposed to arrest people at night. Um, that was something forbidden. You weren't supposed to have a trial at night. Things were to be done out in the open with transparency. Um, so as Jesus was arrested, he was taken to the high priest and he was put on trial illegally. Then he was passed uh, because the, the religious leaders couldn't put Jesus to death. So he was taken to uh, Pilate, the Roman governor, and he was questioned there. And then he was sent to uh, Herod, who was sort of the puppet king. And Herod wanted to see him. And then he was questioned there and he was sent back to Pilate. And then finally, of course, we know that, that Pilate gave the choice, you know, do you want me to free a prisoner? I'll free Jesus or I'll free this murderer Barabbas. And the crowd said, give us Barabbas. All of this happened overnight. Jesus at this point has not slept for at least 24 hours. He was beaten during his trial. Um, in fact, they, they, they covered his face and then hit him. Uh, which is even worse because if you know the blow is coming, you can brace for it. But if you don't know the blow is coming, it's actually worse. It, it's it's harder to take the blow. Um, he was scourged and 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 not just whipped, but the the whip would have had pieces of bone and glass that would have ripped his flesh open. Um, he was he was uh, verbally assaulted. He was spat on. They you know rammed a crown of thorns on his head. And all of this happened while he is sleep deprived, dehydrated. Um, there are scholars who think that he was probably abused even worse if the Roman soldiers there followed what was fairly common practice um, against condemned prisoners. And all of that to say this, this all happened, you know, over this eight hour period, 10 hour period um, overnight. And then by 9 a.m., he was crucified. Crucifixion was not a quick death. It was a slow death. It was a humiliating death. He was either 100% naked or, or just with like a loincloth. The idea was to humiliate the prisoner, to make it painful, to um, make it so that it was a terror weapon. It was a psychological terror weapon uh, from the Romans against the peoples that they occupied. Jesus knew it was coming crucifixions happened, he would have seen people be crucified in his lifetime. And he would have known that was coming for him. Uh, he died by 3 p.m. is what we're told. And his body was buried by Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus back from John chapter 3, um, who put him in a tomb and they had to do it quickly because the Passover, the sundown was about to start and the Sabbath was about to start. And so they had to get it done before sundown because they couldn't do any physical work after sundown. Jesus said seven things from the cross, the seven sayings of Jesus um, recorded in 
Luke and John and Mark's Gospels. And I want to read them. In Luke chapter 23, verse 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Speaking of those who were crucifying him, but I think speaking about the whole world. Because I think that whatever time Jesus came, whether he had come a thousand years earlier or a thousand years later or even today, I think the end result would have been the same. When the Jews would sacrifice a lamb for their sins, they would place their hand on the animal to identify with the sacrifice. And so they'd place their hands on the animal and it would be sacrificed. And the idea was, I am identifying with this animal taking my place. Well, Jesus, the Lamb of God, the sacrifice for all the sins of the world, I think in a sense what he's doing is he is putting his hands on us and identifying with us. And he's saying, my sacrifice covers them. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then a little while later, of course, there were two thieves being crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. And one of the thieves shouted abuse and insults at him. And the other thief said, what are you doing? We both deserve to be here. We're guilty. This man's done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. What, a, what an act of faith. The thief is dying. Jesus is there next to him dying. And yet he looks to Jesus in faith in what seems like the moment of Jesus' defeat. And in faith, he says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus looks at him and says, today you will be with me in paradise. And, and I don't know who died first, Jesus or the thief next to him. But that thief had one of the shortest stays ever. Uh, and I'll talk more about that tomorrow um, on the Saturday video. But he, he was with Jesus and then, boom, Jesus set him free. Jesus also was not alone 100%. Um, there were faithful women, including his mother, who were there at the crucifixion. And John, the disciple, was there. And he made sure to take care of his mother. He gave John, the apostle, um, charge over the well-being and care for his mother. It's not a, a slight against women, not saying that she wasn't capable, but in their society, uh, that was just how it had to be. And so, um, so he said, you know, woman, behold your son. He's giving John the responsibility for his mother's well-being. So he was thinking of others even as he himself was dying. Then in Mark 15, verse 34, he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I don't understand 100%. I don't think any of us do. I, I hope in heaven to have greater understanding. But in some way, somehow, even though Jesus was fully God, God turned his back because Jesus, who knew no sin, had become sin for us. The sins of the world had been placed on him, and God could not look at sin because God cannot dwell where sin is. And in that moment, when he cried out, feeling abandoned, he took your sin and my sin. In John chapter 19, verse 28, it says that Jesus said, I thirst, which is a reminder of the physical toll that was taken on him. And then he said, two verses later, it is finished. That's why we reject the idea of mass or the idea of a continual sacrifice. We don't believe that um, 
there's purgatory or penance. We don't believe that there's any price left to be paid. It is finished. What Jesus did on the cross paid for your sin, for my sin, for any, the sin of anyone who would believe in Jesus. And finally, at the end, Jesus said, Father, into my hands I commit my spirit. And he died. Jesus was murdered in the sense that there was a plot against him. Their intention was murder. But Jesus did not die until he himself said, it's finished, it's done. And then he breathed his last. A man named Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus took his body and buried it in an unused tomb. And so we pause today on Good Friday and we reflect and we remember Jesus who died for the sins of all people. And tonight at 7 p.m., uh, we'll gather at Faith on Hill Church and we'll remember what Jesus has done for us. God bless you on this Good Friday. Jesus has forgiven your sins if you place your faith in him.